0: Well, we last week kicked off a new teaching series on the book of Hebrews. How many of you were here last week to, to kind of get that, that kicked off? Well, we're going to be going through the book of Hebrews for about a year. It's a, it's a relatively long book in the New Testament. <clears throat> it's an important book. And if you'll remember back to last week, uh, you'll remember we talked about a couple things about the book of Hebrews. First, we said that it's an anonymous letter. It's an anonymous book of the Bible. We don't know who wrote it. The author doesn't self-identify. There's no uh, church history tradition telling us who wrote it. And so it's an anonymous letter, but we do know that it comes from God because God the Holy Spirit inspired all the scriptures to be written, all scriptures breathed out by God, amen? So it's, it's from God. The other thing that we saw though is that the book of Hebrews is actually a sermon. The book of Hebrews is a 2,000, approximately 2,000 year old sermon that was then turned into a letter and passed around uh, various churches in the ancient Near Eastern world. So we don't know who wrote it, but it is a sermon. And so we said, hey, well, let's call this series The Sermon God Wrote, because this is literally given to us from God himself. Now, when you have a sermon, when you have a a 2,000-year-old sermon, a sermon that comes directly from God, we thought, you know what? Sermons are meant to be heard. Sermons are meant to be listened to. And we got this great idea earlier this summer, we were planning out the series, what if on the second week of the sermon series, we just read out loud, word for word, straight through the entire book of Hebrews? So that's what we're going to do today. It's a little bit different than normal. Rather than myself or one of the other elders getting up and delivering a sermon, we're just gonna let this sermon stand on its own. So I'd like to invite uh, my fellow partners in crime slash ministry, uh, the rest of our elders team. This is uh, Travis and Joe and Shane. Can you guys just give a welcome to these guys? I love these guys a lot. Great, great team to work with. So glad to be a part of this, this group of leaders. We, what we're gonna do, let me just kind of set this up for you. The four of us are going to read through the entire book of Hebrews. We're gonna start with the first verse and go all the way to the end of the 13th chapter. Throughout it, we're gonna see... some of the different themes highlighted in some different ways. Remember last week we talked about the five major themes of the book of Hebrews and there's kind of different colors associated with them. So as we go through, you'll see some different colors. There's, there's uh, green, which is instructions for Christian living. There's purple, which is Jesus, our high priest and his priestly work. There's gray, Old Testament shadows, things that are not really clear but come clearer through Jesus. There's, there's Uh, Red, which is warning and pay attention sort of passages. And then there's gold, which is Jesus is better. Perhaps the, the number one main overarching theme of the entire book of Hebrews. Jesus is better. Also, we didn't want to make this too theatrical, but we know that that some of you are probably auditory learners. So as we go through, you'll hear some some sound cues or some some music a little bit subtly in the background. just want to give you a warning. There's not a train or an airplane going nearby. Just wanted you to have some things that would help for those of you who are auditory learners, uh, some tools to help you uh, really connect with the themes of this great sermon, this great book of the Bible. So some of you are are. Writing type of people. And so you've got a pen maybe in the chair in in front of you. You can get out a pen. You can take notes. We'd love for you to take notes and honestly to ask questions because over the next year, we'd love to hear from you those questions that we can help answer as we teach through this sermon series, as we teach through this book of the Bible. Some of you may not, you don't want to take notes. You just want to simply sit and listen and you're welcome to do that as well. But either way, my hope and my prayer is that you would really interact with this text. And you can even say things like amen or wow like you would during a normal sermon. Right? You can, you can be responsive in that way. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive in and we're going to spend the next 40 minutes or so reading straight through the sermon, the book of Hebrews. So would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful, God, that anytime we want to hear you speak, we can open the scriptures and we can hear what it is that you want to say to us directly. God, we thank you that the message of the book of Hebrews is a call to persevere, a call to endure because Jesus is better. And I pray right now, God, all of our attention, all of our focus would be on him. God, for those who are here who are Christians, God, I pray that we would have our affections for Jesus strengthened. We'd have our view of Jesus increased. God, for those who are here who may not yet be Christians, God, I pray that they would see a picture of Jesus and they would understand who he is and the work that he has done to forgive us of our sins. God, I pray that you would uh, fill all four of us pastors just with your spirit to read the words that you inspired to be written. And God, for all of us, give us soft hearts, give us teachable hearts that we might be engaged with your word. We might hear what you want to say to us today. And it's in Jesus' good name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. amen.
1: But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool at your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation?
0: Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift from it.
2: For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That's why he's not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted,
3: he is able to help those who are being tempted. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. Who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has, for more has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our
1: confidence and are boasting in our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for forty years. Therefore, I was provoked
0: Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For the good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. As he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken of the seventh day somewhere in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again, he appoints a certain day. Today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account.
2: Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our our confession, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant, and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he's obligated to offer sacrifices for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek.
3: About this, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God
1: permits. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints, as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not
0: So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, "'Met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings "'and blessed him. "'And to Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. "'And to him, Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. "'He is first, by translation of his name, "'King of Righteousness. "'And then he is also King of Salem, "'that is, King of Peace. "'He is without father or mother or genealogy, "'having neither beginning of days nor end of life, "'but resembling the Son of God, "'he continues a priest forever.'" See how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is from their brothers, though these also are descended from Abraham. But this man who does not have his descent from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the
2: loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood for under the people received the law, what further need would there have been for another priest to arise after the order of Melchizedek rather than one named after the order of Aaron? For where there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. For the one whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe from which no one has ever served at the altar. For it's evident that our Lord was descended from Judah. In connection with that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. This becomes even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become a priest not on the basis of legal requirements concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life. For it is witnessed of him, you're a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For on the one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And it was not without an oath. For those who formerly became priests were made such without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath. By the one who said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a
3: better covenant. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office, but he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever, and consequently he's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, "'Separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens, "'he has no need, like those high priests, "'to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins "'and then for those of the people, "'since he did this once and for all "'when he offered up himself. "'For the law appoints men in their weakness "'as high priests, but the word of the oath, "'which came later than the law, "'appoints a son who has been made perfect forever.'"
1: Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, "Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what he is coming obsolete is growing old is ready to vanish away.
0: Now, even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic of the present age. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but only deal with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of Reformation. But... When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and of calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goes and bolts and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who makes it must be established. A will only takes effect at death since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood.
2: Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priests uh, enters the holy place every year with blood not his own, For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for a man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him." For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, they would not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sin. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you've not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you've taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Now, when he said above, You've neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings, in burnt offerings and sin offerings, These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins,
3: And our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserving by the one who has spurned the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God.
1: But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him.
0: By faith, Noah If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac... And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son of whom it was said through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead from which figuratively speaking he did receive him back. By faith, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies.
2: And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith, Conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of the weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they
3: should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses...
1: If you are left without discipline, in which we have all participated, then you are illegitimate children, not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it.
0: Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled and that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no chance to repent though he sought it with tears.
2: For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further message be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. To heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God and the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire.
3: Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body." Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to
1: me? Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God and consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So do not be led astray away by diverse and strange teachings. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. And let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, as we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner.
0: Now. You should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those who come from Italy send you greetings. Grace be with all of you. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Well, that was a different experience. Amen. I don't think that very many, I heard a lot of people after the first service, I think very many of us have never just sat and listened to a full reading of an entire book of the Bible like that. And I hope and pray that this is beneficial for you. And my suspicion is that there are about as many different takeaways or as many different reactions as there are individuals in this room. But I, I still want to call us now to a time of response. And so we're going to begin our time of response by, by giving of our tithes and offerings. And if uh, financial stewards would come forward and begin that. If you're a guest or a visitor, uh, you're not under any obligation to give. You're welcome to if you'd like. But this is something that we're going to do as an act of worship. Uh, we even saw uh, in, in the middle chapters there about uh, Abraham giving a tithe to Melchizedek, giving of his possessions. This is something that uh, goes all the way back to the beginning chapters of the Bible that the people of God would give as an act of worship. And so please feel free to give worshipfully, not out of guilt or, or obligation. And while they're collecting the offering, uh, we're going to put some discussion questions up on the screen, and I will admit to you, it was a little bit challenging this week to come up with discussion questions on the book of Hebrews, but uh, here are some things that I, I hope will be beneficial for you to talk about in your community groups or in your home. So uh, what passages, teachings, and truths stood out to you most as you read or listened through the book of Hebrews? Number two, in what ways did the Holy Spirit stir conviction in you as you read or listened to the book of Hebrews. Number three, what most encouraged you as a result of reading or hearing this book? And then number four, what questions do you have? Anybody have some questions after reading through that? We sincerely want to to have this be a time for us to to, uh, come up with those questions. We really do want to hear from you. If you've got hard questions, difficult questions, my email address is shane at (laughs) soundcitybiblechurch.com. (laughs) What, What questions do you have or what things didn't you understand? Because over the course of this next year as we unpack this book, we really want to be able to address them in a way that is helpful for you. Additionally, some prayer points, some things to be praying about uh, for us as we go through. There's a verse in Psalm 119 that says this, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law, out of your word. I think that's a good verse for us to be praying. Would you agree, Sound City? Open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. And then number two, pray for each other that we would draw near to God. That's one of those major things you see over and over again in the book that we are invited to draw near to God through. Jesus and that we would each grow and persevere in living out our faith in Jesus. So let's pray for each other, church. Let's let this this time not only be a time of study, but a time of prayer that we would draw near to God. In our time of response, we're also going to draw near to Jesus now through the celebration of the Lord's table, the celebration of communion. This is for Christians. If you are a Christian, even if you're a guest or a visitor with us, you are invited to join us at the table in which we remember that Jesus, our great high priest, made us purified through the sacrifice of his own body, through his own blood. And we are now invited to draw near to God by faith in the work that Jesus did on the cross. If you're not a Christian, the invitation stands to give your sin to Jesus, trust in him and enter into that relationship with God that you've now been invited because of what Jesus did. Join us at the table for the first time as a Christian. And Sean and the band, they're going to lead us in a time of of singing and rejoicing. This first song speaks about Jesus, our great high priest, the one who makes it guaranteed that our conscience can be freed, can be purified from any of the guilt or any of the sins that we have committed. So let's rejoice, church. Let's respond to this God. Let's respond to this great high priest, the one who has sacrificed himself for us. I'm gonna invite you to stand if you would. I'll pray. Communion servers can get in place and then we'll begin our time of singing in response. Father, we're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that we can open the word and we can see what it is that you wanna teach us. God, today as we read straight through this entire letter, this, this sermon that's given to us, God, we pray right now that, that whatever it is that you want each individual in this room to walk away with, to take away, God, I pray you would put that deep into their hearts. Father God, I pray right now as we uh, have this time of celebration and response, God, I pray that we would lift our voices and we would lift our hands in, in celebration and thanksgiving to the high priest who has made a way for us to enter in. So God, let us just respond with joy now. We pray all of these things in the beautiful and strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Church, come forward for communion when you're ready. Let's lift our voices and sing.